And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Yes, that's right, John the Pong. That's right. That's because I own the punk, or also known as the pork. The pork. He is on the farm. He is getting big and bad, and he is ready. And I'll tell you one thing. He's way better at judging fights and what's going on than my man, John Thompson, after I was texting back and forth like, what? Oh, you're so wrong. Oh, we got some stuff to talk about. I can't wait to you up tonight about this judging bullshit. You started. Oh, man. There's just oh no way. God. There's just no way I that dude, I was wrong. I love you like my brother, yeah. but sometimes I got, I look and I go, he's really, really mentally deficient. I just, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I just sometimes, I, I mean, look, we're going to film, we film, we're filming a little bit later after the show, uh, you yeah. know, but because I wanted you to go back and rewatch the fights. So you could reevaluate oh, your circumstances. It. Oh, I rewatched it. You could reevaluate your circumstances. It. And I want you to know. And this is—I swear to you, this is where it, this is what it gets to, and it's hard. It's so hard. You're wrong all the time. I know your, it must be hard for you to be wrong personal, all the time. <laughs> your personal desires oh, away, no. because yeah, when you want somebody to win, you start to look at things differently. John, you can't, John. Do that. You can't. You know do that, Josh. I keep outside telling of you, guys that I've trained I, I, with. I, I just don't know how, how many more times I got to tell John, you, John. Outside of guys I've trained with. <laughs> I don't care if any of these guys win or lose. <laughs> like, I mean, I like them as people. I do, but it doesn't. Oh yeah. You know, outside of guys I've trained with and actually sweat with and bled with and stuff. I really just, this is the sport. It is what it is. May the best man win. May the best female win, whatever it is. But outside of the ones I've trained with and actually have helped me get to my goals and me trying to help them get to theirs. I don't care. You know, I don't care. Like I love, I like, I like a lot of these fighters as people, a lot of them. Sure. But when the fight happens, we, like we know what we entered into. Exactly. Um, we know what we entered into. And that was to go out there and give it our best and hope for the, you know, and hope we get it done. That's it. And so we, we know. Yeah, we someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. We know what's on one side and what's on the other. So, I mean, someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose unless you're fucking Johnny Walker. Okay. I mean, that's. Uh, not, yeah, okay. Well, you know, we'll we talk will, about We will. That, but before we talk we'll about talk any about. of this stuff, you guys, we had a great time uh, this last week. We talked with Kane Velasquez. Kane came on the show. Fantastic. Yeah, he's an amazing, one of my closest friends. Just a great, great human being. Uh, Look, you guys can have your opinions about him on whatever his personal life is and this and that. But guess what? To me, he is absolutely one of the most, I guess, amazing people I've ever met in my whole life. And not just what I mean like that is that when I had him in the wrestling room, when I had him in the training room, he was always learning. He was always kind. He was always someone that just wanted to help other people learn, uh, you know, learn techniques and share the knowledge that he possessed as well as the, he would absorb the knowledge that you possessed also. Uh, he's just a great human being and, um, he's been through a lot and I want to just continue to say like, look, we had him on this is about an hour long show. So if you guys haven't checked out that interview, check it out, please. It's available on our main channel, right, Dave? Uh, yeah, that's it's right, a, on the main channel. It's available on the main channel. And um, check it all out. It's it's awesome, man. We get into everything. We get into his past fights with Junior and, you know, and Verdum and the fights that didn't fights happen. Fights that didn't happen. Fights that he kind of wished would have happened, mm-hmm. you know, and if there was any chance of a comeback, we talked about that. You know, um, you know we tipped. We, we got to say one thing. I want to say one thing. Because I, I'm, again, 
I don't read comments, but my wife does, and she'll sit there and say something. And she said something about some uh, people saying something about, you know, what Kane is going through right now, and that you know, don't don't glorify or something mm -hmm. a person that has done these things. Let me, okay. Like everyone's going to have their opinions, and and it's okay. And there's a reason why the court system says innocent until proven guilty. But the first thing I want to say is this: if you are not a father, a mother of a child and you can't put yourself into a position where someone possibly did something to that one thing that you're responsible for the moment they're born you have this overwhelming feeling of dread because you you want to do everything right you're not sure what to do all these things and someone hurts them anybody i don't care who you are anybody can lose it and want to go after the person that did harm to him. So until you're in that position, please stop. You know what? Let the courts decide if he was right or wrong. It is what it is. And if you've never been in that position, you just don't know. I'm going to take it one step further. <laughs> oh, see, I was trying well, to keep it one step I'm back. Gonna, I look, I don't want to feel like I'm lecturing people. I'm not really lecturing anyone. Bottom line is, is in this, in this world, right now especially right now this as crazy as world we speak in this world there is nothing more precious in this world than our children that's right absolutely nothing else i don't give a shit what your beliefs are whether you're a christian whether you're muslim whether you're buddhist i don't give a fuck okay you can have your beliefs and i love and admire all you guys that have those beliefs but there's nothing in this world more precious than our children nothing this is what will shape yeah. the rest of our the shape our world and continue on. Uh, everything after comes we are down gone. to this, Josh. I ask you a simple question because I'll give my life right now for your mm -hmm. children, for another person's children, because children are that's the most important thing. And until you figure that out, you're kind of yeah. lost. Yeah. No, I agree. Look, um, it, it it's very it's very important to just remember cherish the the children. They're so they're like I said, they're so precious. They are the things that will shape the rest of this humanity after we yeah. are gone you know There's it's not future. about us they are the future legit are the future so um it's important just to remember that no matter what that they they should always i feel like they should always come first and uh put their priorities first um and that just is me look and forrest kane he's got a lot he's got a long road ahead of him so i wish him nothing but yep. the best he's one of my like i said one of my longest friends still from san jose in that area but he's a, he's a great great human being great human being uh but look Outside of that interview, you guys can check it out on the, on our main channel. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button as well. Hit the little notifications. We've got a couple more interviews coming up that I'm trying to get lined up here, uh, hopefully with some big fights and some big fighters talking about their big fights that are coming up. But uh, there's that. And then we obviously have the pay-per-view. But before we get into this pay-per-view and the main event, go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in, OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. I want to thank everyone for continuing to support us over there, okay, on OnlyFans. And uh, look, it's free. Doesn't cost you guys anything. Head on over there. You guys can follow some of your uh, top athletes that are over there as well. Uh, you got MVP. You got Chris Cyborg. You've got Brent Primus. You've got a lot of other fighters that are over there. AJ McKee that are over there right now. Luke Rockhold that are doing extra content over there for you guys uh, to check out. So OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Let's go ahead and just jump right into this, man. This is a big deal. This oh, okay. is a big, big deal. 
Is there anything else you want to talk show. about before we jump into this? Because no, I like I to drag the intros out a little bit because I know how much it pisses people off. <laughs> they're like just chomping at the bit going, look, I don't care about this. I Would don't you care. Just, get to, just the get to the fights. I love it, though. Okay. Look, I'm going to be on point tonight, John, because I can't wait to just fucking tear your ass Shit, up, bro. Dude. This is going to be easy, easy. Here, here. Nom, 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 yeah. nom, nom. <laughs> I, want, I want to say one thing before we start. Go ahead. I apologize no. to you because I'm going to fuck you up, man. <laughs> Jeez. You know what's funny is we'll probably end up agreeing on a lot of these things except for the scoring. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, so let's go uh, right Let's go right into the main event, man. You got Islam Makhachev versus uh, Volkanovski, too. This was a great fight, but what, what were your takeaways? Yeah. What were your takeaways when you first heard the fight was going to happen? That was one. Two was when yeah. you saw video clips of Volk, Basically, physique-wise, body-wise, da-da-da. And when you and I text, what did I say the oh, last man. fight? What did I say when, when Islam... You guys go back and listen to our show the first time we did this when they first fought. What was the things that you and I were talking about? What was the first thing I texted you when flat. he walked into the cage? When Vol- when he looked, he looked, when Islam looked walked flat, into the cage, smooth. he looked flat. He looked smooth, smooth and flat. How did he, what did you text yep. me? This time, I was like right in the middle of texting you, and you text me first. <laughs> I said, "Look at him! Said, Look at him walking the cage." I said, "Oh, I said it's a different Islam. Yeah. Look at him; he's ready, and he looks good." He looked that first fight. He looked. He still looked like he was exhausted. He looked, yeah. you know, and, and look, and and it just, it's hard for me to continue on with this. Volkanovski, you can't take anything away from him. Didn't have a camp at all. Okay, and. That had nothing, had nothing to, do to do with, with how this fight no, played out. It Let's absolutely just be honest, okay? And and again, I, I give I, our last you know show. We talked about the fucking balls on Volkanovski taking this fight the way he is, and, and look, still, absolutely, and he is one of the best goddamn fucking pound for pound fighters out there. The dude is a monster. He's just fighting somebody that at a weight class above is also one of the best damn fighters in the world right now and pound for pound right at the top of the list. I mean, so you look and you go, Hey, this, it's not like he's taking on a, you know, a champion that is average. And there are some champions you can look and say that champion is of, you know, they made, they made champion, but they've had an average career, but they had a great fight and they won it. And it can be that way. But I just look and it's like, I take nothing from Volkanovsky you know, after this fight, no. he went out there and he fought and he fought hard, but you could see the things clearly right away. First thing I said is look, look at where Makachev is, what he's going after. I texted you. I said, look, yeah. look at the kicks to the body. Stand by for the kicks. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like that left kick was a great weapon for him early in the first fight. And it was something that his coaches, I know are going to, you know, if I can pick it out and you can pick it out, his coaches are going to pick it mm-hmm. out and say, Hey, this worked for us. This is what we're going to go to. This gave him problems. This is what we want to start to do. We're going to start setting him up with this. And you can see where, you know, that progression was in the first fight. And it was, he right away started off with it and he just looked more in control. And it was, it was the moment, the the real moment that was the difference maker. When you saw Volkanovsky and Makachev get into the clinch and then Volkanovsky turns him and puts him, puts Makachev's back to the cage you could see the difference in what was occurring and that the the plum, the way he controlled and what 
Volkanovsky had to do to try to stop it by bringing his hips in, all that pressure and everything and all that strength that he's using to beat that Muay, to try to break that Muay Thai plum. And then all of a sudden, Makachev turns him and you go, uh-oh, it's looking bad. And, and this is, you know, statistics will tell you. We talked about it before. You know, if once you're 35 and you're fighting in the lower weight classes and you're going after the championships, it ain't no. easy when you're facing a younger opponent. It just doesn't work out well, and there's reasons for it. And the speed, and, and I know that Volk, you know, in the first fight felt that Makachev wasn't that strong, and I, and I kind of think he might have been right. And it's part of what we were talking about with it. He got the real Makachev this time as far as feeling good, comfortable, and going after what he did. The kick, look, that kick would have knocked anybody out. That was shin on dome. His hand was in the right place. It's not like, you know, it, he made a big mistake. He had his hand up. It just went right above the glove. And, you know, when you get the shin on that skull bone, you know, I was surprised it just didn't put him out. You got to give him credit for having, you know what, the ability to take a shot like that and, not, and still kind of be there. But, you know, this is what it is. This is fighting. And I still give Alexander Volkanovsky all the credit in the world for going after it. I give Islam Makhachev all the credit in the world for taking that fight again right away. You do know that he had to have it in the back of his head. The fifth round was a bad round for him. It was a bad round for him in the last one. So yeah, that that, that is something there, but it's also <clears throat> something I think that motivated him and, and made, it, made him want this fight. And he looked fantastic. You can take nothing away from Breaking him. Breaking news. This fucking sport is hard. Okay. <laughs> these guys, these guys, breaking there's news. a lot, there's breaking? a lot of shit that goes on for Volk mentally, yep. you know, knowing that he did so well in the first fight, yep. you know, but then also too, in the back of his mind, am I going to get the real, the real Islam Makachev now? Because, oh, now he's had a full 30 hours, whatever, 36 hours to hydrate, which is what we saw when he walked in the first time when we were talking about the first fight. I said, look, when Islam walked in, he looked smooth. His face looked a little bit pale. Those things make a difference. You can see when someone still feels like they're depleted. Oh, you can see when someone feels you it. You can still see, yeah. like, if you know what you're looking at. I mean, I've spent a lot of my career overtrained, and I walked into certain fights going, and I just, I go back and look at the videos. I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I looked like. I looked like shit. You know, I knew I was in shape. I knew, I knew I was physically, like, in shape. I, Fucking yeah. running two 880 sprints, you know, plus another four 440 sprints, all with under a minute rest, you know, easily running them like at a minute 10, minute six, minute five. You know, like those are, you know, you're in shape, but then you get out there and you feel fatigued. You feel like you can't lift your arms. It's because you're overtrained or you just didn't get a, yeah. you didn't get a proper rehydration process. And that happened to me yeah. several times. I fought KJ Noon, same thing. I saw that against Volk in the first fight. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Volk in the first fight. He came out with a great game plan, a lot harder to hold down, lot, and it showed a little bit tonight. You saw a good Islam double leg shot, couldn't get him down. Yep, couldn't get him down. Yeah. Great job. Also, I had some people like texting me, "Oh, look at look at Volk turning uh, Islam to the fence." Islam, he'll turn his back to the fence on his own because it's yeah. easier for him to hit uh, foot sweeps and and to try and hip toss you. Because you can't do it against the fence because their feet get stuck against there. So don't weigh too much into that as well. Volk, big balls, came in tonight. Great job in terms of trying, you know, getting taking the fight. There's there's all this that goes through your mind. It's not easy. 
Look, he already knows. I mean, like I, like I said, before he even fought this fight, I had him right. I have him right there with Jose Aldo, and I know that Jose, for the longer duration, fought. You know, it was yeah. undefeated for so long. But this guy here did something that Jose didn't do. There was always that talk Jose was going to go to fifty five. Never did. This dude did it. You yeah. know, and what, his and, first time doing it, and, doing it in a full camp, he went out there and looked like the way he did against Islam. I can't take anything away from him. He did it. Jose yeah. talked about it, but never did it. Volkanovski did it. And so I you got you got I gotta put him right up there with Jose Aldo. And I love Jose Aldo. I think he's fantastic. But Volk is right there. I think Volk coming back now, like going back down to 45. He's got a couple guys still left. You got Taporia there. You've got, you know. Uh, what are, I think that's the real question. Yeah, you've maybe got like an Arnold Allen there, you know, but I think Tapuri is the main question. I believe so. Yep. But I think Arnold yep. Allen's still pretty young. Mark. You know what I mean? But Volk is getting a little bit older. This is what kind of gets me a little bit when I'm looking at this this fight. But what I'm mainly looking at right now is Volkanovski. John, he said some things in this post-fight thing. And I said it to you, Dave. Can you pull that up for me? Because I want to talk about that right now. <coughs> he said He said something about like, look, I had to take the fight. I had to do it for me. I had to do it. He sounds like someone that he's like, look, Alpha, if I'm not fighting frequently, it's just not yeah. good. Those yeah. things scare me when I start hearing fighters talk like that. Cause like, what's going on? Are you, are you feeling depressed or you, and look, and I'm not saying he is, but I just, I've had plenty yeah. of conversations no, with fighters. When I, when I listened to him in yeah. his interview and I heard, I'm like, it, it raises a question of, okay, what is it? that is yeah. making you feel uncomfortable not fighting. Yeah. Because there's going to come a point where you're not. And you've got to be able to live your life and deal with things in those moments and say, hey, yeah. man, there's so much more to life than fighting. Yeah. It's it's what you do. It's not who you are. Yeah. And and I know that sounds, you know, I, I don't want to sit there. And there. There are those guys that, man, they're just born to fight. And I think Alexander Volkanovsky is oh, absolutely. He There's, was born to absolutely. fight. But life has so much more than just this. Yeah. And he's got to figure out what it is that's going to give him that same joy and that same rush and those same feelings once this is over because it is going to end. Yeah, I, I think he's got f three daughters. So he's got a lot of joy coming ahead of him. Right now. He's got a lot. but Or, or, or a lot of heartache. Yeah, this is true. It says, like, I, um, I could have made better decisions, but he's not someone you should take on a short notice fight with. I agree with that. But okay. I needed it. This is what scares me. But I needed it. A lot of people will say it's for the money and all that. But it was much more than that. It was hard. It really is hard for athletes. Sorry. He also said, like, when I'm not, taking fights i want i'm looking forward to finding he was talking to dc when i'm not taking fights he's like it's just not good look yeah. talking with gary v right gary vandercheck uh how do you ever say the last name but guys call him gary v when you talk with him he says dude these guys not guys just people in general man my life's over at 40 what the fuck are you talking about your life's just starting you know, like this, this, this scares me a little bit. And it's not just, I had to really, when I started thinking about retiring, I had to put that in my mindset, man, you got so much shit to do. You got so much yeah. shit to do. Travel the world, see places. I don't give a shit. Ride your mountain bike, you know, do whatever, go fishing, do something. Yeah. I've got so much shit to do still on my bucket list before I leave this place. 
Um, this guy, like these cup, these type of comments scare me a little bit. And it's just well, he's been an athlete his whole life. He's chasing that destiny. You got to remember, yeah. Who was who else was like that? Randy Couture. Randy. He was the same way, you know. But he's living a great life now. Competition, competition is what Absolutely. they chase because he learned how to. He he figured out how to take that competitive attitude and just the desire to be somebody that does something. He took it and he steered it in a different direction. And that's, this is, this is the part that is important to remember. Someone like Randy, someone like Alexander Volkanovsky, if you have been this successful at this sport or another sport, you can be just as successful doing anything else if you put that same effort and drive into it. You're gonna be a winner. You're gonna you're gonna be able to do these things. It's a matter of you just gotta find what direction to put it to. Because you know, let's let's take a look at Alexander Volkanovsky. We talk about you know education and things like that. This guy's have got a PhD when it comes to fighting. Yeah. Okay, everything he knows and all. So. All it is is now you're going to take that PhD. If you want to stay in the sport, how are you going to apply it? And if not, all the work you put into gaining that PhD, put the same work into what is your next endeavor that has got you excited, and you're going to be super successful in that too. Absolutely agree with you. Um, I think that's where the fighters, they believe that like, oh, the career is over, and I don't know what else to do. Well, find something that you really love doing. I know it's going to take a while. Don't just jump into a bunch of shit and spend money on stuff that you you have no, no, no desire no, to really to look at look to achieve. With Volk, though, what scares me right now with Volk is that he challenged himself to the highest level, and I can't knock him for this. Okay, but we we also I heard the post fight interview with Kamaru Usman. You drop one, you drop two. Kamaru did. I know that he just dropped one because he had the win over um, over uh, Yair. In the, in the middle between those two fights. You're talking about Volk. Yeah, Volk. Yeah. But going on and turning into fighting to fighting Tapuria with the with the loss like this, I think he need. I know he wants to fight in January. I'd like to see him push it to maybe February or March. I know he wants to fight, but Tapuria is not one of those guys. You're the champ still at 145. Don't let all that sh all this right here make you let it slip away. You still have tough task in front of you. This guy is not this, you know, Islam is not the same type of guy that you're going to fight at a, light, at a lower weight class. Those guys are going to be fast. They're going to hit hard, yeah. but they're going to be a lot faster. Okay. They're going to, they're going to be a little bit more scrambly. They're going to do all those things. They're not going to try to muscle you around that you're in the dog fight for. You're like two ferrets getting after each other to pour in you. So he can't afford to let his mind slip away and go, Oh shit, I lost my last fight. You can't let that shit get in your way. I don't believe he will because that's not the type of person he is. But he's never been finished like this. This is one of those things. That I, I talk about yeah. this all the time. It gets in your mind. You don't have the same confidence you had before you walked into that cage tonight with Islam. That confidence isn't what it was. No matter what he says to himself, he's not the he will not be the same fighter his next fight. Will not. His last fight, that he could build on. Oh, shit. I just went five yeah. rounds, and I won the fifth round against Islam, who's the 155-pound champ. No matter what Yair does to me, I'm fucking this dude up. Guess yeah. what? This fight, different. That's I just gonna, lost. Yeah, it's going to have a different yeah, effect. Yeah, it's going to have a different effect. I hope that, because I want to see the best Volk. That's why I want to give him a little bit more time to get that shit out of his head. Give it another month or two. 
Maybe even, look, maybe put that fight. Why would you not put him on UFC 300? I know it's not until March or into March or April. Give it some time, buddy. Give it some time. You got to let your brain heal. He shouldn't be doing anything active at all no. for the least, at least 60 guy. days right now. He's going to fight in January. I just That's what he says he I, wants. He says he wants that. I'm telling him, I'm saying that he shouldn't fight in January. I'm saying he needs to maybe push it out until UFC 300. Which is supposed to be, I believe, the end of March or April. Take that time. Well, I think it's not. October with 94, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. November's 95. December's 96. You can just almost go down the month because yeah. they're basically a month yeah. apart. There's one, the one's going to have two. He, he so. did say that he's not affected by this. So, and that he, he'll, he'll be <laughs> right back in. I say shit too all the time. It's not true. Yeah. To, to, <laughs> sit, to sit there and say he's not affected. Oh, jeez. You know, look, he's still a featherweight yeah. champion, but in his mind, this is this is a big blow because, you know, and I thought I thought he said it well. We we all said you know he's got nothing to lose, and he goes, oh no, I got yeah. I got something to lose here. I got something to lose. So that's bullshit. And I was like, you know what? He's got a point. You yeah. know, but I came on here and, and said I said yeah. He's already come out and said he did say he didn't have anything to lose because all the pressure was on Islam. But as he started dialing yeah. that back, he started kind of backstepping that, looking at yeah, it. Oh, yeah, as he, he got close it. to the fight, he's like, look, I do. If I get knocked out which is the worst case scenario, which is what happened. That's He's exactly, got a lot yeah. to lose because now mentally you're not the same fucking fighter. I don't care what he says. And you'd like Dave so, saying, Oh, well he said that doesn't mean anything, buddy. I, I, and yeah. I look, I know I, he's mentally strong. We've seen him get through it all. No We've doubt seen about him it. Get through it all. No doubt about but it. But I just want, I want to see the best Volk, which I think we will. If he takes, you know, maybe another month, uh, a month off, at least 45 days to just really focus on being present and not not getting back to training too fast. Because a knockout like that, they come a lot easier after you get it, especially so at the age he's 35. That's right. So if you face in January against the period, are you going to pick against? Him? No, I should. But he shouldn't fight in January. That's what I'm simply saying is that he needs to give his brain time to heal. He got knocked out. And if you actually it was actually the fence holding him up when Islam was hitting him with left hands. It was the fence. If you look at his eyes and you see that, you go back and watch that video at the very end before was a Mark Goddard stepped in. Mark right Goddard, before yeah. he stepped in, his eyes were rolled back in his head and it was the fence that was holding him up. It was the fence and the punches that were he holding got, him up. He got he, he got hit by a yeah. clean shot. And the, look at the last thing we really got. You got you, I hope people start to give Islam Makachev the, the, the credit that is due for not just his fighting, his stand-up. Everyone talks about, oh, he's not that good in his stand-up. Oh, he's a wrestler. I hope you just figured out the guy's got stand-up. Every bit of that win against a guy that was a phenomenal fighter, never been knocked out, and that was not an accident. It was a setup. He set him up by going to the body, then brought it up high. I'm not saying that he, he fooled him, but he did you know, target it well because it went right over the hand. And you got to give it to Islam Makashev as far as, hey, the dude is a complete fighter. He's good everywhere. You're going to have to be a very well-rounded fighter to be able to deal with everything that he does. Yeah, look, if you guys if you guys go back and listen to the Kane interview, what did he say about Islam? He's like, oh, he's crafty on the feet. He's tricky on the feet. He's was someone that kind of was getting a little bit better, the better of me in some exchanges. And that's saying a lot considering that He's slick. He doesn't make it. He makes it look a little effortless. That head kick, I've sparred with him I don't know how many times. 
what he does is he leads with the knee. So you think he's kind of throwing a body kick or he's throwing a knee up the middle and the knee. And then what he does, is he actually extends the leg right after that. So you can't tell. It's almost like a snap kick, but it's not. Yeah. And he gets it up there with power and it's quick. And it's, it's almost like you see it coming. You're like, oh, he's not going to hit me with that. And then all the shit, it's at your head. You know, and those are the tricky, just tricky the way he sets it up. And he does it either off of like a, a right hook or he does it off of like a feint with the left and then throws the head kick. So you kind of react a little bit and then he gets you to, to then he throws the head kick and it lands clean. And the the other thing is I got kicked in the head one time by uh, Dwayne Ludwig in the beginning of the second round. Came out thinking I was the shit and he skipped it off my dome. And it was, it was pretty fun. I, was, I got a little stanky like for a split second. But that's exactly what happened with Volk. It kind of grazed my glove and it grazed his uh, Volk's glove and ended up skipping off the top of the head. It's just enough to jar you and get you to, like, you go to put your feet down and there's nothing there. Legs are jello yeah. and you just go down. You're still there. Like, you can still see everything that's going on. Just your body ain't moving. Hands aren't moving. Legs aren't moving. You just... There's no connection no. between the brain telling the body no. what to do and it's listening. There's normally not a lot of connection for me anyways, but in that scenario <laughs> and situation, it was a little bit higher that day. Um, yeah. Look, both to, to wrap this up, John, because we've carried on quite a bit now, 30 minutes yeah. for this. Is Damn. He, Islam, looked, looked good, hydrated, the full 30 hours or 36 hours. You could tell the difference if you compare the two side by side. Absolutely. There you go. That was one. Two is... Volk didn't look as kind of as chiseled or as cut as he normally does. That's because he wasn't as ready. He wasn't as ready. There's no doubt. Yeah. Credit to both guys because, like Islam said, and like Alexander Volkanovsky said, nobody else is going to take this fucking fight. They're not. They're not missing their opportunity to fight for the title on a five day or ten day notice to fight Islam and get smashed and be like, okay, look, I lost my chance to fight it for a title. They're not going to do that. Nobody in the 155-pound division was going to do that unless you were ranked like number 10 or 11. And then that's not going to do anything. You're not going to get pay-per-view numbers that way. So this was a great job by both fighters stepping up to the plate and taking the fight. Islam taking the fight and Volk going, fuck yeah, I'm up for this. Man, credit to both these guys. Credit to both of them. All right. Let me ask yeah. you this, though, because you said something I got to say because I heard Dana talking about it in the media thing when he was talking about fighters taking fights and then it takes these two kind of guys and the coaching staffs that they have to take these kind of fights when it's last minute. And he basically he was taking a shot at Greg Jackson and Mike Winkle John with John Jones. If you recall when he was scheduled to yeah. fight Dan Henderson and they tried to bring Chael in, you know, and you look and you go, yeah, I know where you're going. Okay. Do you think it was that was fair to John? Do you think it was fair to Greg? Uh, I think it was. I don't think it was. I think it was fair to John. I don't think it was fair to Greg and to Winkle John because it, it's none of their business. It's up to the fighter. The fighter is the one that ultimately makes the choice. Your coaches shouldn't be making. They help you shape your opinion or they help you shape your choice. But John Jones, okay. it was up to him. You old, they work for you. And I continue to say this, your managers and your trainers, they work for you. Whether it's my fitness coach, my kickboxing coach, jiu-jitsu coach, I don't care. Your job is no matter who I put, they put in front of me, is to get me ready. Like you can't, like if you're Islam, right? He, sa he said it multiple times. It doesn't matter who I am. 
It doesn't matter what, what I've done. I need to be able to fight whoever they put in that cage, whether 145 yeah. or 155. If someone came down to one from 170, I got to fight that dude also. If you want to say you're the best guy, you got to fight everyone whenever they everyone. put them in front of you. So I think yeah. it was a fair dig at John Jones. I don't think it was a fair dig to the coaches because it's not their, it's not them. John has the authority and we've seen John makes his own decisions in life. We've seen that. Um, <laughs> John, that's the coaches. They just give their input. And as a, as a man, you make your own decision. John's made his own decisions since several times. And I don't think it was a, a I don't think it was, it was a fair dig at the coaches. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Javier's talked plenty of our fighters out of taking fights, you know, and I love Javier, you know, but he, he always errs on the side of caution. Always. Coaches are always going to err on the side of caution. They know if, yeah. I, if I haven't studied the guy, if yeah. I haven't you know gotten a game plan ready, I don't want to nope, do it. I, okay. I agree. I and and I would lean more towards what Javier would say also. But look, if you're the champion, it doesn't matter. You 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 got to you got to fight. Like you can't you can't say no to fighters. You just can't. You've got to be able to fight everyone. Now, if I'm someone who's ranked number 1 or number 2 and you want me to fight number 15, I understand the hesitation on that and I should be able to beat everyone. But it comes a point though where like it does not motivate me at all. Bobby Green talked about this on the last show we just had or two shows ago when we interviewed him. I'm looking for fights that motivate me. And when you don't have those Ones fighters that, that motivate me. you, gotta have yeah, it's gotta be it drives you crazy. Volkanovsky is driven by the fact that Islam and, and all the hype around him of him being as dominant as Habib or him being as good as Habib or him being just the best 55 pounder in the world, potentially pound for pound, the best fighter that motivated him to get his ass up every morning and make it such a great fight in the first fight. And this time just didn't have a full mm -hmm. camp, you know, yeah. that's it. Um, all yeah, right, let's go. Let's go on to the second one because this one's going to take a while. Too. <laughs> <laughs> we had Kamzat Shemaev taking on Kamaru mm -hmm. Usman. <sighs> okay, so, uh, there's there's several takes on this. I'm going to let you go first. Okay, go ahead. Tell me what. Okay, you look, want. I'm going to ask you questions. Okay, you can ask me anything. First you round, wish. ten eight. Absolutely. Fuck no. Okay, we're gonna we'll, let's let's okay. talk on this before we go to round two. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk fine. on round. Let's talk okay. on it. Let's talk on round one. Let me let me let me say my piece because I I know how you like I, to. Have I stopped? I know. You? Yes, you have most I, of the time you do. <laughs> <laughs> so John, I didn't give it a ten eight because okay. there was no damage. There was some shots that were good. One of the right. back elbows was real nice. Okay, yeah. but you he literally had the finishing position for four and a half minutes. And Kamaru okay. Usman glad, got I'm, up I'm, with no I'm glad I'm glad you pointed yeah. that out. There was four and a half okay. minutes. But he got up okay, with no you. damage. Keep that he in got mind. no he had there was no damage. No okay. damage. Right. Kamaru Usman okay. got up with not one scratch on his face, not breathing heavy, no cuts, nothing. Not after after four Bre and a half minutes. Don't, don't 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 tell me he wasn't breathing heavy. Because he was in the corner. <gasps> no, no, that's that's yeah, called that's so. called just clearing your lungs. I know That's what, just I know what it is. Yeah, he was he was breathing. John, <laughs> okay, so he's an going. athlete. He keep wasn't going. tired at keep all. Going. My he's point is, is that we have got we look several times. We've gotten into discussions on this on this uh, channel. Okay, about the most I'm important part is damage. The most important okay. control. Sure, he had the control. I gave him the round. But oh. I'm sorry, I gave I gave him the round. But it was it was okay. a ten nine. It was not John, a ten eight. Okay, so are are you kind of done with? Yeah, it? go ahead. You can pick. You can try to say something. <laughs> okay, so I just want to ask you the question. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what is the criteria for a ten-eight round? 
No, no fucking fighter knows. The judge, the, the <laughs> fucking judges don't even know. Have you not seen the? God damn it, Josh! I have talked to you how often. You've, Just because we're having whiskey with it doesn't mean you can't <laughs> take some of it in. I'm look. All right, look. Here's here, here's the point, and, and I understand what you're saying, but these are the rounds that you fighters have to understand. I can't stay in this position. I agree. If Chamaev, if Chimaev, and, and this is where I, I want you, let's take the the second round. No, was it a close don't round? Skip the first round. No, I'm not just please. The, the second was round it, was, a, was close it round. a close round. Okay, you're right. Yeah. It was the first round. I went back and watched it be, for you because you. Yeah, I'm not going. Okay, now I've got to go back Absolutely. and kind of take notes on it. So, how how much offense did Kamara Usman have? For, None for five None. minutes. He threw one yeah. punch. Okay. So, okay. He, so, didn't okay. one punch. And that one punch was on the takedown. Uh -huh. He grazed a shot off of him, got taken down. So, he loses on the takedown. He has one, one output of offense on his side for five minutes of time. Okay. That's five minutes of time, basically, mm -hmm. that he has one offensive maneuver. Meaning that when we look at what a 10-8 round is, we can look and say that it is some domination with damage. That's what you're looking for. And I love that because that is part of what a 10-8 round is under, under the criteria is we can have some domination, which is taking of the back and things like that, with damage. I hurt the guy. You know, put him into submission holes that were really tight or in, or very close to submitting him. He had to really get his way out of it, kind of like a Volkanovski against a Brian Ortega type situation. So that's a damaging submission hold. Okay, so damage is part of it, but we also have what we talk about as far as volume. Chimaev landed sixty shots. You can go to sixty. You can go sixty some, but I'll say sixty. 60 shots on Kamaru Usman. 60 unanswered. Unanswered, Josh. Okay? He went through five submission attempts. Not any of them really good. Just okay? like the punches that landed. No, not a... <laughs> What's like that? the punches that landed. It's called, None it's of them were good. It's volume, though. I know. I get it. When you, when, when you look at 60 compared to okay. one. Okay? There is such a difference in this that we're talking about not damage, but domination... Mm -hmm. And it was domination of the round with duration of that domination okay. being the volume because he wasn't just holding him. It wasn't just control. He was landing shots and he was going after trying to look for the submission at times. Even even the slam that Kamara was knocked initiated. out to my, by the way. Oh, kind no, of fell off the edge at, on that side. He was, you take a, he was you know, hurt. You take a look at who he... Take a look at who hit harder. It was actually Camaro hit his head harder than what it actually. You know, I'm uh, telling I'm you, have to see that again. Come on, every, I, 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 I went back I and looked, and I was kind of surprised by it. I think, but it didn't affect. It did not affect Chimaev in a bad way at all. He held position, gets to S, he's S mount on top, and you look and you go, it's domination of the round with a large amount of volume. It's a clear, 10, okay, clear, and that and that's why. All three judges gave it a 10-8, which they should have. It's nice to see when you have three. Because it's one of the things in MMA 
there's always been a problem. There, there is a criteria in boxing that, oh, the guy hits the ground. It's a 10-8 round, basically. And it, you know, most of the time, you're going to get all three judges. MMA, it's tough to get all three judges to give it a 10-8 round. That was a clear John, here, I'm going to go back and use your own words against you, okay, sometimes. Not in this conversation, but in the many conversations we've go had. Ahead. How do you call this strike? First no, off, no, if no, that's no, all that, that was stop, happening, stop. no, no, Answer no. the no. question. How, what do you call this strike? When you're just hitting with just your it's wrist. One. It's a, a one. one, okay? What do you call it from the elbow? When you're using your forearm, two. call it two. So two. What's the, I guess yeah. the full one is right, the full full strike. From the from shoulder? The three. A three, okay? Yep. His were a two. Majority, oh, I would say, si- not 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 all yeah, of them. Yeah, no. but sixty. So sixty. Nothing, nothing, nothing more than a three. Absolutely. I'll give you that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing more than a three. But I would say only ten twos and threes. I would say only ten of the sixty were threes. The rest were all twos. That's all it's going to take, John. Josh. That's not damage. With all of that's the nothing. with all of the positional dominance okay. that he had, along with Kamaru. Look. Kamaro's trying to hold on to yeah. things. You, you got to break oh, free of no, him. No, no, no. And then he goes, and oh, no, stop. And then he goes into, he goes to a rear, rear naked. He lets go of it. He goes to a, a face crank. And Kamaro gets his way through. He keeps himself tight, and he survives okay. the round. But, but any fighter needs to know if you lose a round by that type mm-hmm. of situation where you have zero mm-hmm. offensive output and your opponent has all this volume, you're going to lose it 10-8. This is where this is where I feel like when people talk about fighters being judges, this is where I feel like it's important. Okay, and I don't think any other. Oh, I don't think any other reason why is this. John Kamaru Usman was in the all four position for like three four minutes of that fight, three and a half four minutes of that fight. He was hands down. Chamayev, that's the most basically. There's nothing he is doing. He's defenseless. Nothing hurt him. That to me is why I didn't give him a 10-8. It's because he was there with all four hands, his two hands and his knees on the ground. All four. The most vulnerable position you can give a fighter. Not okay. one damn thing happened to him. That's okay, why so I'm not me, giving again, him a 10-8. I'm going to go back to round two. So you're going to tell me you're going to judge round one a 10-9 and round two a 10-9 for Kamaru yes. Usman. Okay. And those, are, those rounds look the same. How so? Exactly. How so? Kamaru, Kamaru landed the harder, cleaner shots. No, 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 no. He fought in round two. He did not have any offense. You can John, only he, go off of his offensive output. He landed the he harder shots. No, no, no. Round one, he had yeah, none. Yeah, you're round right. You're two, right. He had right. some. Okay. Okay. That's and so you you take a look at those two rounds. They're completely different. Yes. And one's close, and it's ten nine. Okay. One wasn't even close. I agree with you. That's why it's a 10-8. <laughs> that doesn't work <laughs> that way. That. The 10-9 no, must is, system. No, this is why yours no. doesn't work is because you are saying that those rounds are identical. No. The thing is, John. Yes, that's you are. The, your score no, no, says they no, are. No, John. That is, no, that is the score of that 10-9. That is the scoring criteria that makes it identical. Says, no, it is not the scoring yes, it criteria. Is. It's you. <laughs> I've given you the scoring criteria. You're trying to put it into your own way. I'm right. That's why. What is the? I asked. Really, you you didn't even know the criteria. <laughs> I'm right. Now that you've said I it to me, you, it's I fresh in my mind. I know that I'm right. I ask you the criteria, and you go, I don't know. Just like every other fighter in the damn UFC or damage is around. one thing. If, if Kamaru Usman was able to 
do damage to Chimaev in the second mm -hmm. round, we'll say, and had just a, a short amount of domination of that round, he could have brought back a 10-8 on his side, even though it wasn't the four minutes and 30 seconds because there's two differences in the round, but they, they match up as far as one was based on duration and domination. One is based upon damage mm -hmm. and duration. Okay. Look, this I, I I can see where you're where you're getting this, but this is the this is no this is a scoring criteria issue. Is that this is why people should this is why this is why I would love to have the half point. This is why the you, half point must system is because I would love to too, but it's there's people out there that stop. No, I, I get that, but that's my point though, John. Is look, he, Kamaru Usman was in the most vulnerable position you could possibly be on with somebody on his back, hooks in, and no damage was created. Had he threatened a real legit submission and actually had him fighting for the hands, I would have, okay, probably given it to him. There wasn't one threat of a submission. If someone's hands were on the ground, the choke never got close. Nothing. There was nothing. There was arm punching, and I, I that never, was. I never I get said. It. I never said there was. There was a great. I understand that, but that's my point, though, John. Is I would have given him the ten eight had there been a little bit more of damage or a little bit more of a threat of a submission. He was this close, but it wasn't enough. There was never like he was never panicking to get the head off the the hand off the head. He never actually actually had to fight and put his hands here to grip it. He never. His hands were on the ground. Nothing. Not not the whole time. He he reached back. If you recall, majority of it brings his hand yeah. up. Okay, so he did this and he went did. right back to this, which is more even more embarrassing <laughs> that he never didn't keep threatening the choke. It it was just it it's wasn't enough. Absolutely. For me. Uh, okay, and that's okay. It wasn't enough, but it was absolutely a ten eight. It round. should have been a ten eight and a half. Okay, and I agree with okay. you. We could give it that type of criteria yeah. and say the only way is to have damage to give you that 10-8, but you have domination and duration. It's a 10-8-5. I'm okay with that. But it is definitely not. You take a look at this next round that comes okay. up. It's a 10-9 round. And I gave it to Camaro based upon he landed harder mm -hmm. shots. The takedown, nah, it's a, nothing it's really occurred with it. Round. It's okay. It was a takedown. Yeah. But nothing occurred with it off of it, so I give those harder shots by Kamaro. I gave him the round, but, but there is a huge difference in those rounds, and there has to be a way for the judges to clarify with their score mm -hmm. that there is a difference in those rounds, and that's what they did. They did a but great you, job. Here's the thing, though: you can't, you cannot do that because I'm judging the first round separately from the second. What do you mean you can't no, do that? No, what I'm that. saying is I can't go, oh, well, the first round I did a 10-9, even though it should have been a 10-8.5 or a 10-9, I can't go, oh, because I felt bad that I got to give it now with this guy a 10. That, like, that, you think that's what they did? No, what I'm no, no what, you're, what you said earlier was that the two rounds are so different. I'm sorry, but that's the scoring criteria. It's not your fault that it's that way. You're right. It is the scoring criteria. And the scoring criteria says that if you have a fight where an individual is dominated positionally in the fight and there is a duration of that dominance with strikes that are landed and submission attempts, it shall be a 10-8 round. Okay. That's what the judges okay, did. Okay, let me just do this. Then. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to flip the script on you a little bit. Okay? Go ahead. You're going to tell me then that that round, because you said, oh, rounds two and rounds one were so different that they should have given it a 10, like a, that it shouldn't, that you're basically saying that they shouldn't be even compared to each other. 
That's why it was warranted a 10-8 and the 10-9. I'm not saying that it has nothing to do. I'm saying you can't compare when you go and you look at how close one round yep. was compared to how far apart the other round yes. was. That's where you have to have a score that shows that. And my point is, is this, is you're, you're, you're comparing rounds two and, th and one that are different because this round was a lot closer than the first round was. Now, take that round one. No, no, take that round one okay. and run off. And I want to show you round one of Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard. Completely different, but still a 10-8 round. Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard, I've told you, was a 10-7 round. We just had this conversation. You said it was a 10-8 round. I, no, I said it was 10-8. It should have been 10-7. Okay, okay, I okay. Then I, I, I retract my statement then. Because I was like, oh, okay. because I was like, there's just no way those two rounds no. are close. No, absolutely. I said that round. Sh I told okay. you that should have been a ten seven, okay. but it was a ten eight. Yeah, because I, I thought I heard, I thought I remember you saying that. No, it was a ten eight. No, it shouldn't. It was, but I said should have been gotcha, a ten seven. Gotcha. Okay. And there's not many of them that I will say should be ten. So the ten. So for me, I agree with you that Kamar Usman, the second round was it was a ten a ten nine. I don't agree that okay. the Usman was, or the first round was a 10, 10, 8. I think it was a 10, 8 and a half. I gave it a 10, 9. I know they're completely different. But now let's get into the third round. Okay. What's your thoughts on the third round? I thought it was a, it was a close fight as far as Jemayev was getting tired. And I love the fact that Kamara was pushing on him. It's the one thing that, you know, we can look at. And Jemayev has shown this now propensity. He is very Conor McGregor-like in he's a big-time bully in the first round. He goes after people. He finishes people. He gets a lot of first-round stoppages, and you don't see anyone push him hard. I'm I, and, I, and I'm looking at a guy who, look, he's talented, but he burns gas. He is uh, he's a Hemi engine with a <laughs> he's a Hemi Hellcat yeah. burning and that fuel tank only has so much. Kamara Usman in the second round, I thought, made him uncomfortable. He was trying to get some air, gas from what occurred in the first. And you could see when he got off of Kamara. It's, look, it's all the squeeze. It's the legs. It's everything. You could see when he got up, his legs were a little bit, oh. You know, they've been in a position holding tight for a while. I thought the third round that Kamara was coming after him but by being taken down when he did and as long, and there was you know a little bit of ground and pound both ways, but you're always going to give priority to the ground and pound from the top position over the ground and pound unless there's something telling in it. I thought Kamaro didn't have enough chance while he was on his feet. I thought I loved when he got up and he was just winging shots and going after him. I think if this is a five-round fight, mm -hmm. Kamaro Usman walks out your winner. Okay. Okay? I'm being honest. But... You know, one of the judges gave, uh, I don't know, there was a 28-28 in there, but I, I think they were backwards when I looked at it as far as, you know, the rounds that he gave. Yeah. Uh, I think he gave, um, well, he one of them gave, it was 28, so it had to be that he gave Usman both the second and third mm -hmm. round. Had to be. Which is, I, yeah. I don't think he won the third round, but yeah. it look, was close. It was, it was, it, you could push it that way. But if it went to a fourth round, mm -hmm. I think Kamaru Usman's the guy that is taking over in that fight. If there's one thing I've seen out of Chimaev, he burns gas. He did the same thing with Gilbert Burns. The third round, he got hurt. Third round in this one, 
Yeah, he's slinging at the end, but he's not the guy that I'm thinking has got the gas tank mm -mm. there. It was Kamaru Usman, and I, I, in my opinion, it was unfortunate that we didn't get to see a five-round fight with him against a guy like Kamaru because I think you might have had a different outcome. Yeah, I, I'm going to, maybe by unpopular opinion, I'm going to say this, that Kamzat Chemaev is not who we thought he was. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's what everyone thought he was. Okay. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he'll ever be champion. Wow. You need, cause you know that what he gets next. Yeah, no, 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 that's my next thing. Okay. Wait, he gets a title shot off of that? Uh, last I saw, oh, Duplessis yeah. just knocked out Robert Whitaker before that and should have no, got no, the title no, no, shot. No, 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 no. Did Dana not come out and say this yes, fight? Yes, he actually came out and said it again that he's looking forward to making that fight. I I'm lost. Okay. I'm completely baffled <laughs> by the fact that... Why? Because... No, this is what happens when you're Duplessis and you don't take that title fight when they offer it to you. You know, Josh. No, I do know. You know. You know what the, the 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 way they look at it, the way they think about it, and I, in some ways I can't blame them for it, man. I'm giving you your shot. You don't want to take mm -hmm. it. Come I, on. I look at this this fight. You fought someone who went up in weight class, and someone goes, "Yeah, but you yeah. know, Chimaev went up in weight class. He also had six months or five months to put the weight on properly and get ready for yeah. this fight. Whoever he was getting ready for, he had time to actually get a full camp." What Usman did is he went up in weight and he did it within like what seven days, ten days, or whatever it was this week. Yeah, he took, yeah, he well, took he the took, fight. Let's just say he took the fight so last minute. He didn't have a chance that. to get up, get his weight up properly, and then actually make the real weight cut down and do all these other things. He didn't have that. He didn't get to get hydrated the week of the fight and then try to get his water weight down and do all. The, he didn't get to do all those things. Your diet and nutrition is one of the most important things throughout your camp. And there was no diet nutrition for him. He looks like he well, always eats clean, by the way. Fucking ripped and shredded like a Greek god. I was no. a little jealous seeing him. Like, yeah. wait a second, you're out of camp and that's how you look? You son of a gun. <laughs> but one of the things that we talked about on our prior show was, hey, if there's one thing we know about Kamaru Usman, he's got a gas tank. He can go. And he, proved, he was going in that mm -hmm. fight as far as, you know, he didn't have 10 days. I still say that he was the stronger fighter and going into a fourth and possible fifth round, he was the guy that was looking more mm -hmm. healthy and ready to go than Chemaev. Uh, look, I know I, people are buzzing right now about how Chemaev and Sean Strickland's training went. They used to they train together, da, 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 and he's like, oh, yeah. Yes. And then the way Chemaev talks, oh, yeah, I smashed this and that. Yeah, we're talking about training. We're talking about practice, right? Like Alan Iverson said, we're talking about practice. We've seen you several times. You're you're big in there when you were fighting when you fought Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns is he's thick, shorter, all those things. He's not a super big seventy pounder. You know, Kamaru Usman's body frame, all those things, allows him to be kind of a an eighty five pounder. He's still not a big eighty five pounder, Kamaru Usman. Chamayev is belongs at eighty five. You can see by his body frame, you can see all those things. Now I think he's got a better chance at winning a title at seventy if he can make the weight. At 85, I don't know, John. He ain't, he ain't making one. I, no, not now, but before, had he yeah. decided to stick it yeah. out and, and get and grit through that thing and continue to be a 70-pounder. Diet down, nutrition, whatever it was, focus on being a 70-pounder, I think he could have been champ at 70. I think he could have been champ. 
but I've seen enough of him now to say like, okay, guys like Strickland, he's going to be there in the fourth and the fifth. Yes, he is. And if you, if, if Chemayev has that adrenaline dump like he did, that's not going to, by after the second round, it's well, going to be all Strickland after the second. It, it, if Sean this, can survive. This, well, that's the whole thing. This is a matter of, okay, now that you look at it, Strickland's got to get through a round and a half to two rounds of getting smashed. Yeah. Okay, he's got to stop the he's got to stop the takedown somehow. Well, is it even getting smashed, or is it like kind of what happened in round one of this fight, just arm punches and back control? I mean, that's not getting smashed. That's just basically being controlled. As as much as you want to say, he's going to end up having to work to keep Chimaev from being able to do damage to him. It's not going to be easy. Chimaev, Chimaev is he's a yeah. first round fighter. Yeah. No doubt about it. Can Strickland stay on the ground with him? Yeah, look, Sean Strickland does not have a bad ground no. game. But anybody getting hit on the he in the head on the ground, you're not seeing punches. Those are the ones that are going to hurt you. And it only takes one. It can take one of those back elbows or any of those things, you know, to can change the fight for you. But if he gets it into the third round, look out. Mm -hmm. Sean Strickland, man, and the pressure that Sean can put on you, because we saw, you saw... Chemayev uses his stand-up to get the takedown. He shoots a great takedown from far away, and he closed that distance pretty damn well. Boy, he, he reminds does. me of bigger he, Danny he, Sabatello. Boom. I was just going to say it. He's, he shoots a very long, long double leg, single leg, and gets into people from a great distance, one that you think he can't yeah. do it from there, and he does it. But he's going to do that. But Strickland in the stand-up, when you see that Chemayev has to stay in the stand-up, he's not that comfortable with someone that's got power and that can hit him and make him, you know, be affected. And he he works hard at it. And that's when he's working hard, that's not helping him with that, that recovery process. He is a fast-twitch guy who, you know what, he burns gas. You know, and he, he burns it trying to get rid of you fast. But if he doesn't get rid of Strickland... You know Strickland's going to be there, and it makes an interesting fight. Yeah, because he dominated the first round. Generally, you don't get tired after dominating the first round. He came out in the second exhausted. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't the same fighter in the second round. And Kamaru Usman won the second round. Now, you do that against Sean Strickland. Maybe you get the top control. Maybe you get the takedown in the first. But he had such a dominant position, you shouldn't have been expending any energy just controlling the top, doing some work and some damage, making it a 10-8 round. Okay, But whatever that is, he, he was in. He was in. He was in great position the whole time. But in the second round, it looked like he was the one on bottom, getting just. And I think he is a fantastic fighter. He's well, very well rounded. He does have that Conor McGregor effect a little bit in terms of the crowd, in terms of his explosiveness, yeah. in terms of his conditioning seems a little sus. In terms of the, he just he just doesn't have a lot it in of the things. second and third round. It's just a, the only difference is one does it through striking, yeah. one does it through wrestling. One can wrestle, but doesn't use it a whole lot. One can strike, but doesn't use it as much as the wrestling. I but they're very. Similar. I just saw a lot tonight, John. That I'm like, wow, Kamaru Usman coming up on short notice. Normally a 70 pounder, not a huge 85 pounder, and then we're not talking like you jump from 55. Sorry, yeah, 55 to uh, sorry, 45 to 55. You didn't. You didn't yeah. jump ten pounds. You jumped fifteen. Makes yeah. a big difference. And so him, Chamayev having the time to put the weight on, Chamayev having the time to have a full camp, all those yeah. things 
and you finished a lot slower and a lot a lot more like I know you got the win, but I, I'm not I'm not I'm not sold on him yet. Maybe maybe something will change my mind. But I'm looking at the roster right now. He might be able to take down Izzy. And Izzy might be able to survive for one round. I don't know if he can. But after that, it's going to be target practice on the feet. And and then and Izzy's got he's got good takedown defense. He Same does. thing with him that I see with um, Duplessis. He's a big 85-pounder, Duplessis. That fight, or however you say his name. I know I'm going to get murdered in the comments for that. But him, he's physically strong. He's got good takedown defense. He wings it. If he touches him a couple times, that starts changing the dynamic of the fight. I don't know if it's Chemayev just comes out and is already like either warms up way too much in the back, or and I think good long warm ups are good, but I think or does the adrenaline just get to him and he has a dump and then needs to get to his second. Maybe in a five round fight in the third round he starts getting through that second wind. Who knows? You never know in this type of situation. But I want to see him in a five round fight. But I'm not sold on him yet. I don't. I don't think he is what we thought he was, as that coach from I think Oklahoma State said, or no, uh, Danny Green. <laughs> no, Danny no, Green. no, that was Dennis, Dennis Green. Green. Dennis Green. They're, they're the Cardinals. Not who we thought yeah. they were. They are yeah. who we thought they that were. That was with the Bears. Yeah, the Bears. Um, yeah, the Bears. Yeah, uh, I don't think he deserves a title shot off that performance. And I think this is where you run. Like, what was it? Wasn't a bad performance. It wasn't a great one. Not a one to get a title it wasn't shot. A bad one. I mean, if I'm going to say who yeah. do, who had the better performance, Duplessis against Robert Whitaker, where he knocked him out, or Chamaya versus um, a 70 pounder on short notice. I mean, talking listen, about a pretty good 70 pounder. About, I'm not saying he's not, but on short notice, a 70 pounder. I mean, we just we throwing it. It's I don't know, John. I can't. You're getting. I'm you're get, getting I'm so getting, cynical. I'm getting, flu- I'm getting flustered over this. I'm look. I think Kamar Usman <laughs> is a fantastic fighter, and I didn't. I didn't go against him this time because I thought honestly he was going to make Chimaev work a little bit more. And what? Are, and what did I? What did I text to you? What's that? It might be that you know what because you went with Kamar this yeah, time. You put that schlep rock on him. That bad luck, luck of Josh. Should have fucking went with Chimaev. Fucking. Uh, Usman's gonna hear uh, this and be like, "What the fuck? Stop rooting for me, buddy! <laughs> Stop rooting for me! Damn it! Every time you went against me, I won." All right, next um, fight. Be- before we move on, I didn't want to inv- get interjecting that crazy <laughs> debate there, but John came so close to the camera, I thought he was gonna punch it. You need to go back a tiny bit for me. <laughs> How's that? Better, Jeez. better. All right, okay, great. Sorry Thank about you. That. Getting worse. All right, let's here. go. Another heated debate coming up. No. Oh my God! All right, we had Magomed <laughs> Ankalaev against Johnny Walker. This was an incredible non Yeah, <laughs> it's disappointing. Ah, uh, look, we had we had a position uh, where Ankalaev throws a knee to a grounded fighter. It should have been clear that he was a grounded fighter. His knee is on the ground. It's not like what we saw earlier with Mohammed Ankalaev with the hand. This is you got someone on their knee against the cage, and you throw a damn knee to his head, and it hit. Look, it hit clean. You can sit there and say, you know, it, it definitely walloped him. But this is the the thing that you need to notice. Was there anything that you noticed right away when he landed the knee? No. Okay, I want everyone to go back and take a look at what Johnny Walker does. Because this is one of the things when I was referring, I used to watch the fighter. I want to see your first reactions. Because his first reaction wasn't to be like, oh, I'm hurt or anything like that. 
his first reaction was he looks, he points to his chin, he points to his knee, and then puts his hands up like, what the fuck? What does that tell you? That he's okay. That he's, his brain's thinking yeah. clearly. Okay. And so we have a doctor comes in. We can talk about the doctor all day long as far as his ability to uh, analyze people. But doctor comes in. This is a mistake by Daniel Movahedi, who I love as a referee. He's a great guy. You need to be there while the doctor is talking because doctors don't look at things like, oh, this is a fight. Oh, you know what? Give him some time. Do these things. You've got to take those things and make the doctor understand. Give him time. Let these things happen. Talk to Johnny yourself. Ask him questions because the doctor asked two questions. Question one, where are you? Johnny doesn't answer him. Then the doctor asks him, what round is it? Johnny doesn't answer him. Johnny has a little bit of conversation back and forth. So the doctor is looking and saying, you're concussed by that. He can't fight. Tells the referee can't fight. Movahedi had just come back over and you look and you go, oh, come on, man. You got to handle these things differently. But Movahedi, he calls it off. And so we, it ends up being a no contest because he said that the knee was accidental. Was it accidental or did he mean to throw it? I mean, he meant to throw it. Stop. No, he meant to throw it. Yes, you know he meant to throw yeah. it. He threw it with intent. Okay. But we don't want to DQ no, him. We don't. There you go. That's yeah. really why he called it accidental. Some, but it was absolutely intentionally. Yeah, thrown. somebody sent this to me and I want this is this is how this is how a real ref handles things. Look at that knee land. See me? Look at me with your bad eye. Am I ugly? <laughs> the answer would be yes, John. <laughs> That's you with okay, John Dotson. That that was against me. Like I, I used to use that all the time because it's a matter of look at first off, you want to take the fighter out of being like, ah, you know. And so, so I use humor all the time. But it was like, you know, when he see he sits there and he, he looks at me and he goes, I said, Am I ugly? And he goes, No. And I go, then you can't yeah. see good enough. We're gonna take more time. <laughs> okay, but these are the things you do, yeah. and it's the way you handle something will either make that fight go on. Or we end up with a disappointing no contest here. And it, was, it wasn't it was that Johnny Walker didn't want to fight. Yeah, You know, it was a matter of we had uh, officials being the referee and the ringside physician not performing their jobs mm -hmm. to the best of the abilities to do it out there. And that's why we ended up with a no contest. But okay, you called it a no contest, but there's no doubt the knee was thrown intentionally. Do you do you bring the, the the doctor in, or does he just automatically come in 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 a situation like this? It really depends on where you're at and the location. But as the referee, you need to know. There, look, I used to talk with the doc, the ringside physicians and tell them, okay, look, I'm going to do this at the end of the round. I'm going to come over and I'm going to I'm going to point to you and I want to I'm going to give you a thumbs up if I'm telling you both fighters are good if you have something you want to say to me this is your time to say it if it comes to you coming in the cage I will call you in yeah. you want to stand at the gate stand at the gate be there be there ready for me but don't enter in until I tell you to come in now there are some that came out New York was big with they have doctors for everything and they want the doctors in there even on every 
round, no matter if the fighters were hurt or not. They want the doctors going in and looking at the fighters. That's part of their regulation. Okay, but still, I'm going to be there if we have a doctor who's communicating. I'm going to be the one in, in charge of it. I'm going to be the one that is making sure that the fighter has enough time. And when the doc the doctor sometimes said, you know, says something that you look and you go, no. I'm not going to sit there and say, you're wrong. I'm going to say, all right, doc, hold on a second. And that's when you're going to see this and I'm I'm talking to him because I'm saying, hey, we're not stopping yeah. this. What I want you to do is I want you to come back over here and I, this is what I want you to do. Because a doctor doesn't look at things. The doctor is just trying to protect. And that's okay. But they also need to realize this is this man's profession. He does this for his living. He doesn't need to be protected by you in this instance. And this is the reason why. And when I say, what was the first thing that Johnny Walker did? First thing he did is he points mm -hmm. to his chin. He points to his knee on the ground and gives the, and that's the kind of thing I said, look, doc, I want you to think about this. This is the first thing he did. That right there is telling you he wasn't concussed. Mm -hmm because his mind was able to point out these infractions that occurred in sequence just as it happened. He didn't go down or anything like that. So let's take another look at him real quick. That's I want to see if I can knee Dave in the head and he can point to his chin and his knee, see if he's down. That'd be kind of cool. Um, you have to land the knee first. <laughs> easy, super easy. <laughs> um, but I guess, I guess where do you, where do you, look, well, look, let's talk about the fight though. And I know we talked about okay. the end there. I thought Johnny Walker yeah. was looking fantastic. Those inside calf kicks, inside shin to yeah. shin kind of. Look, we've <clears throat> we've talked about fighters. Once the blueprint is written, other fighters pick it up. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. that's exactly what you saw here. You saw yeah. in Uncle Live's last fight where he ended up getting kicked a lot to the shin. That inside shin bone on shin bone. And Johnny Walker was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just see what happens. And you saw right away, <laughs> Uncle Live was like, this is painful. Three of those kicks, and he was already trying to find ways to switch his stance. He was trying to bring that right leg back. All of those things. That Also, too, when you've had damage like that done before, like you see in calf kicks, the fighters sometimes are never the same in that area. So those inside shin-to-shin -shin bone kicks, he probably has some... Still probably some small micro fractures still there that last sometimes up to six, seven months, maybe even longer can, Yeah, because you're continuously yeah. using it. He didn't go through camp without using that leg. So you know that they're kind of still probably in there. And now I go back to yeah. doing that right away. And you could see right away, Uncle I was like, shit, this is happening to me again. I thought Johnny Walker came out fighting a smart fight, didn't come out and rush, was looking good, was doing what he needed to do. Now, I don't know how the fight would have turned out, but... No, you, there, there's no way. To, but And you could say, look, Goliath looked good when he got him up against Cage. Did a beautiful job of lacing that far mm -hmm. side arm, near side arm. And then Jack Hammerin with yep. the other hand for a little bit. Johnny did a good job of control. There was thinking going on. There was elements. And it was at that moment in the fight, it was like, this, this, is, this is a toss-up yeah. as far as, you know, I'd say Goliath might have been winning the round a little bit because of that ground play a little bit. But it was close, and it was anybody's round, and it was it was definitely a fight that we need to see. We need to see it play yeah. out, and we need to see it play out with neither guy creating a foul that causes the fight to end the way it did. I agree. I agree. Hopefully they'll run it back, and they'll run it back soon. Next fight. Ah, we had Ikram Alaskrov 
against Warley's mm-hmm. Alves, and we, you know, we, we we tried to say in this point, it was like, look, this is going to be a very tough fight for Warley Alvarez, Alves to uh, to win. It's it's just a, the matchup wise, we knew the power that Ikram has, and uh, he he proved it, dude. A jab, put Alves down, and then beautiful knee inside, and just ended the fight. It was just well done the, this guy's got power yeah and he sits down on things and you can see he hurts people because i thought i actually warley came out he came out aggressive he came out trying to throw a lot of things i really liked the attitude that he had you know coming into the fight as far as you know trying to put uh alice Groff on uh, his back foot did not yeah work. Ikram was good very good his yeah. only loss right is to uh hamza and that was what, like one of his early fights, I believe. Oh, that's right? a long. Pull that, pull, pull that, that up, up real quick, Dave, if you can. There you go. When was that? 2017? 20, oh, 2019. Yeah, yep, wow, wow. That wasn't as far. I mean, still a long time away. Brave CF 23. Yep, yep. to punches. And that, that was the, that was honestly the, the second time I ever watched Chimaya mm-hmm. fight. And it was that the real question was his wrestling against Iskram's stand-up mm-hmm. and how good he was and had the power. And it was that, you know, Chemayev knocked him out, and it was a beautiful combination. Caught him with an uppercut, correct? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yep, beautifully beautifully placed, beautifully mm-hmm. done. I mean, I'd like to see and, that uh, fight ran back too, but I think Ikram's going to he's gonna take a little bit of time to get up, to, <laughs> up into the higher rankings, kind of mold him a little bit more. He's got the sky's the limit with him. He's, he's oh, talented. Yeah. He's, he's good. He's good. So well-rounded. He looked like he was just out there having fun. Like, nothing was bothering him. Everything he had already seen, nope. what Al- Alves could do, he's like, ah, I've seen this. Like, you're not fast. You are not. You yep. don't hit hard enough. I'm just going to start piecing you up, and boom. Next thing you know, it was over. Um, he's he's going to be someone to reckon with, you know? And yeah. I think if you see him in Chamayev, this is another reason why. I'm saying, like, there's some guys at 185 pounds that are coming up that Chamayev is not, to me, the one that everyone should be keeping an eye on. Guys like Ikram are the guys that people should be keeping an eye on because they can do it all. They can wrestle. They can strike. They can mix it up. They yep. can foot sweep you. They can do different types of takedowns, not just always double leg, single leg. I mean, he, he's nasty. He's going to be good. I'm looking forward to seeing that fight ran back. No, he's not going to be good. He, he is, good. is yeah, good. I shouldn't say he's going to be good. He <laughs> is good, yeah. yeah. Um, next fight. Saeed Nurmagomedov against Muin Gavrov. Gavrov, he's a tough dude. Watched him fight. He went. He was going after Nurmagomedov. I like the pressure mm-hmm. he was putting on him. It's just, man, you can't leave your neck in that position. And then he allowed him not only to go from a guillotine, he slips it into the what we call the front choke. You know, they're saying it's a guillotine. It's not a guillotine. It's a front choke. Mm-hmm. Once he locks it over the top, and it was tight. You know, I mean, he there was a lot of pressure on that, and he went he went out fast. He tapped, but he, he went out right at. You guys are young fighters. You guys are paying attention to how he locked that in. Make sure you guys are paying attention to where he puts his chin. Exactly. Taking the chin and putting it over that locking hand so you can't pull mm-hmm. it off. It was not just that, but it also just kind of gives you a little extra added pressure over the top that kind of pushes into the, the back of the neck that pushes into the front of my arms. And so uh, very nicely done. I um, mean, executed it beautifully. I was really surprised that... Um, how do you say his name? Gafarov didn't didn't actually try to yeah. spin. Right when you start feeling someone's arm go into that rear naked front choke, you've got to spin. 
You, just abandon yep. ship. Like you have, you have 15 exactly. minutes to fight. Don't fuck it all up in a minute 18 like yeah. you did. Minute 13. Yep. Don't mess it up like that. Like that's the point. Like you always going forward isn't always the best way. All right. I don't care what she says. Okay. <laughs> you got you gotta sometimes back out and then reinsert. Right? That's just kind of how it goes. <laughs> All right. Well, good stuff. Uh, you know, Saeed looked fantastic. I mean, I know it was only a minute 13, but great fight. Yeah. Next fight, though, John. We're, we're going to oh, battle this man. one out a little bit. And, and I wouldn't go. say it's going to be a battle. It's going to be more like my frustration. Okay. And okay. with uh, the conversation we had probably, I think, what, a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, about knees to a downed opponent. Okay. This fight was shaped around someone playing the rules yes. and that little uh, duck out to the lift and the takedown was all yeah. because of that. Now, I'm not going to say that Tim Elliott should have actually tried to shuck him down and pull him forward instead of letting him sit back on his heels like that. But this is one thing like, look, um, Jason Herzog is a fantastic ref. I think he's probably the best one in the game right now. It's a toss. There's a couple guys that are in there, but I put him right there in the top two or three. He's Absolutely. fantastic. It's just Absolutely. fucking really smart too. But I feel like maybe the long travel to Abu Dhabi kind of fucked with his brain a little bit today because he, he messed up in this fight. Okay. Tell me how. Well, the, the hand was off the ground. The fingers. Are we, are we just doing, are we doing palm now? Is it fingertips are okay? What, what are we doing with the rules? Because it was well, hold it. What are you going? Hold it. You're you're sitting there and you're talking about someone not doing their job when you don't even know well, the rules. He stopped the action. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was pressure on the palm. Was what it was. Bearing weight. Bearing is weight. What they're Absolutely. So my my okay. weight. So if I have my hand and you can see like the pressure, if you're a defensive lineman in football and you see those white tips, yeah, yeah that's bearing okay. weight. So well. But the, and, and he put then, him back. Again, he put him back. It, this is something that this is something they changed the rule back yeah. again because we did say palm of the hand to make it to where you had to have that palm down to say it was down, and it was to try to get away yeah. from what we're seeing happen again with this rule and stuff. And the the big difference here is, and I think this is what you're talking about. Muhammad Mokayev is look, he's good. I enjoy this kid. I enjoy watching him fight. But there was a lot of things. Let's be honest. The weight thing. Mm. Let's go back to the weight thing real what quick. What was the weight thing? I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't get the weight thing. Who missed weight? Tim Elliott? Nope. Neither guy did. Oh. But Muhammad oh. Makayev. Good thing. Because we're going to. All right. You're right. I did remind me of something of like this. Go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, look. He steps on the scale. Strips out. They put the little thing. Mm -hmm. He puts his hands up. Josh, when you got a triple beam scale. To sit there and to have it go dink, dink, and do this, and you go, Shh, yeah, and you slap that weight back and say one twenty six. You just showed everyone you're a yeah. lion, some bitch. No, no. That beam stops, and it's either up or mm -hmm. down because up or down tells me that I have to move that yeah. weight, and that was not done. It was not right. I'm not going to put it on Mokaev. It's not. He it's not his job. Stepped on the scale. Nope. He stepped on the scale. They said he was good, but whoever's the person that was reading that out, shame on you. You're a cheater. I went through the same shit with Nate Diaz. He didn't make weight, and yeah. the same thing happened. He went off like he weighed in. 
had to step off the scale. They brought out the curtain or whatever, the towel. He dropped his shit. Probably the towel. Yeah, it was the towel back then. They didn't have that little curtain. And and um they all looked they all huddled around and then he got off. The thing never moved. Oh, he made weight. (laughs) I was like, how the hell did he make weight? The the damn beam didn't drop. You guys huddled over your decision, and then all of a sudden he made weight. This is you just look this is dangerous. This is extremely dangerous now that gambling is involved. I'm sorry. It's so it's so <laughs> ridiculous. We cannot allow this. Like you can't have things like this happen. You have to be honest about it, things. And if a guy doesn't make weight, and if it's by look at he's one twenty six point two. Okay, that is what it is. But you can't sit there and just do these things. You know, I'm going to go back. Daniel Cormier. Look, he was able to cheat, mm-hmm. and in the end the New York State Athletic Commission realized we made a mistake. Yeah. We screwed up. And he was able to get with it, but he cheated. You know? And so it's it's crazy when you... I don't give a shit what, how you cheat. You want to sit there and talk about other guys and how they cheat? You cheated too. Yeah. Sorry. You know, don't don't sit there and, and play, oh, you know what? Don't... don't. It's throwing stones in a glass yeah. house. You know? So that was the first thing that happened with that fight. Then, wait, wait, I got a story about this real quick. It's off topic. It's, okay. it's actually on topic, but it... Bob Cook, who was my manager, he was fighting Tiki Goshen. I think it was at UFC 23. 27. 27? Okay. I want to say. Okay. Um, but in that fight, so Tiki's, Tiki's struggling to make 24. weight. And so Bob tells him, because Tiki's, you know, in his underwear, and he's like, what, you're going to make me drop? He's like, going to make me drop my shit? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to make you drop your shit. And then he gets on the scale, and I guess the scale was like one of the ones that had like the little, it was like a half the 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 pole kind of came up a little bit and it had like the digital yeah. at the top and you just kind of you looked at the digital at the top but it was like a beam that came up hell we we had a digital back then there ain't no fucking I think way. well anyways so yeah. so Bob goes all I noticed is that Tiki's dick was resting on the top of the scale he's like and that shit didn't didn't fucking weigh anything it's so Bob telling this story about how, oh, you hope you still got to cut that extra half pound because you didn't fucking lose shit. He's like, and your dick was on the scale. He's like, now let that thing off, that little tiny thing off. See how much it weighs. <laughs> it was fucking great. I love hearing that. That's fucking funny. But anyways, that made me think of all the, the guys that have been doing the towel push down and the, and the, and the people just swiping the, the, the beams over across, you know, the weights over yeah. across. But it, it's, a, it's a dangerous, that. it's a dangerous, Look, if if Dana White wants to go, hey, have his favorites and say, hey, Dana White privilege, this guy's getting the title shot over this guy because he turned down the fights. It's your promotion. Yeah. You do what you do. You do what you do. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 not skewing how fights are happening and what's going on. This type of stuff is very dangerous. Like this, this is these are the type of things that are going to give those senators and those congressmen and all those people reasons to say, hey. They're fixing fights, basically, in a very non-discreet way. They've got to be very cautious and careful about this. I'm just being honest. John, in this day and age... Just, with, as you said, it's it's a bad look. It is. But it gives them ammunition to go after the sport itself. And it's, it's not a good look, especially now with how much money could be made by gambling on these fights. That little tiny thing that we just saw these people do, you know, whoever was doing the swiping of the weights... Whatever it is, it could be construed as basically skewing 
how the fights turn out. If you're allowing someone to make weight when they didn't make weight, now the bets are kind of off or not on, whatever it is, however they decide to make those bets. Yep. They, they, they can be looked at as skewing the fight. You know? Well, the the fight was actually a good fight. It was a very interesting fight. It had a lot going on in it. And in the first round, with what occurred, uh, you know, you're talking about Jason mm -hmm. Hurley. Jason's a fantastic Absolutely. referee. One of the things that, you know, Jason has already called me about the fight. And I've talked to him just through text. I'm going to be talking to him when he gets home tomorrow. But there are things that, you know, needed to be looked at. And when you're Tim Elliott in that first round and you have a guy and he's playing that with the hand and you're trying to raise his hand up off of it, I'm going to put the emphasis on Tim Elliott. Hey, you want to pick his hand up? Pick it up and throw the knee. And as long as you throw it with the, the, that hand in the air, I don't give a shit if his hand hits the ground before your knee hits his head. It'll be legal. But make sure that you're picking that hand up off of the ground. That was the real question. There. When, when Jason went and stopped the fight, he should have taken Mokaev to his corner and told him with his cornerman, get up here. I'm telling you right now, you're playing a game. And I'm going to allow him to pick you up. And if your hand hits the ground first, I don't give a shit. It's going to be a legal need. Do you understand mm -hmm. me? I see that hand come off of the ground at all. So I'm telling you, you want to be grounded. Put your knee on the ground. Put another body part on the ground. Don't just use your hand. Do you understand me? And now I'll put him back to going after what we went after. Me. The problem is the second one in the third round. He's squatting. Tim Elliott can hit him wherever he mm -hmm. wants. And in that one, Jason made a mistake in that stop. And when we talk about the mistake, yep, it was made. He tried to correct it as much as he yeah. could by putting him back in the same position. But it's never going to be the same. And if I look at I'm going to cheat. I'm not saying it's cheating, but it's cheating. If I am Mokayev, I've already figured out my route mm -hmm. where I want to go from the position I was in. I now had time to think. Yeah. And everything is different. And so, yeah, I'm putting them back in the same position, but it's not the same position in the fight. It's different. And everything's been altered. And unfortunately, in this situation, Tim Elliott was the person that was altered in the fight when he shouldn't have been. There's a lot of things that go along with it. Tim Elliott's mental um, ability, yeah, has, mental. Has, just mentally, it just handicaps you. I had him in a position. Yeah. I lifted. Now you penalized me pretty much by saying, oh, no, stop. Now I thought it was my fault. Now it's not my fault. So now I'm getting back into the position that I was originally in. You you kind of ruined my rhythm and my flow. Like, whatever it is, those things. And I'm not, and look, I don't know Herzog is a fantastic referee. But in this case, it got to the point. Not everyone. Not everyone's going to be perfect no, every absolutely time. Not. It's absolutely just, not. That it's just, you know, it's we're all human. Yeah. But what, what I'm getting at, though, is that that conversation with Mokaev in his corner, it should have happened in the first, it wouldn't have happened the first round. Yep. It should have happened then. And then right. on top of it too, John, we go back to the rule is bearing weight at no moment in that fight. When he lifted his hands, was his hand bearing weight when he got need? Not one time. Okay. His fingers were okay. touching. His fingertips were touching. So then the fight should have never been stopped. I should have never been warned. It should have just been, hey, make sure the hand's not bearing weight. It should have been something like that. 
look, obviously easier said than done. I'm, a, I'm on the couch fucking yeah. talking shit right now. Okay. But that's really what it comes down to. Um, yeah. but it really was hard for Tim Elliott to get into a flow and you have Mokaev really, really using the, the, the rules to his favor. Oh yeah. Something has yeah. to be done because here's what you have. You have one, one fighter, Tim Elliott trying to be offensively effective against his opponent while doing everything that he can while we have one fighter who's trying to stop that offensive output by using a rule. Yeah. Which guy which guy do you side with? You know, and this is where, you know, I'm not saying look at Mokayev has got the right to ground himself. So then if you're going to ground yourself, I'm telling you, this is what we tried to do, you know, before and we got shut down. You want to be a grounded fighter? Get on the ground. That means put your be in Johnny Walker's position. Johnny Walker's got his knee on the ground. You're a grounded fighter. Putting being on my feet with my hand on the ground, bullshit. You're not grounded. You should be. I should be. You should be able to. Everyone should be able to knee you in the head when you go to that yeah. position because all you're doing is playing with a rule. You know that. Hey, if you're hurt. Go to the ground. Great. If you can get out, get out. Stand up. But you're playing with a rule, and that's what's allowing you at this point to stay in this fight at this position. I'm not going to let you play with the rule. But this is this is why I believe that we need to bring in knees to a grounded opponent. I just it's time to make that rule adjustment and add that in. This is this so we can get away. I don't have yeah, a problem with it. We can get away from this whole this whole idea that. Oh, one hand down, two hands. Look, we've seen guys before in pride. We see it all the time in one. Guys get kneed in the head all the time, and they're just fine. I mean, I don't know if they're fine. Well, they're fighters. and so. this is you, you, you know what's going to happen is that you know, and I can tell you the the problem with it in legality mm -hmm. form. But you know, we see people get kneed to the head all the time. They're fine. Yeah, it's something else that a fighter has to deal with. Yes, but there's going to be that one guy in that one position. That is going to land some super knee that someone's going to say, oh, see, you guys changed it. And that's why that person got hurt. So I just don't see got that it. happening. Uh, next fight. Oh, my God. We had Trevor Peak going against Mohammed Yaya. Mm -hmm. And uh, another decision. <laughs> when I was watching the fights, it was going from the bottom up. And it was decision, decision, mm -hmm. decision. And then I got Mike Breeden giving me a KO. I was like, thank yeah. God, way to go, Mike Breeden. That was beautiful. And then decision. Oh, and then we had the, the one that I thought was going to be a great fight and it ended up shitty as, you know, based upon the outcome. And then back to decision. I was like, oh, my God, this card is going to go forever. And then our main card was, like, super fast. Yeah, it was. But Trevor Peak got a, a nice decision win over Muhammad Yaha. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk about Javed Basharat against Victor Henry because we had our doctor once again having his opinion on this one look <laughs> josh there's a reason why we we allow fighters to control the time of groin shots and that's because there's no way for a doctor to truly know how bad that groin according shot to this is. doctor and I, and I yeah not according to this doctor but i mean like i've i've seen guys that i go you're not hurt yeah. at all okay and they're they're taking time and, and waiting and stuff like that and then I've got guys that, you know, man, they, they got hurt. They had to end up in the hospital. They were, they crushed a testicle. Mm -hmm. They're in trouble. And it's like, so you, you give it to the fighter. And when, now we have the doctor saying, 
No, you can go. You're good to go. This is like, he doesn't look good to go to me, man. <laughs> Victor Henry is a tough dude, man. He was in some they had pain. Him in the hospital throwing up. Yeah, he was in the hot dude. He had to have freaking MRI on his nads. When that when that foot wraps, uh, it's so funny. Luke Rockhold tells me a story about his dad. His dad spanked his ass one time when he was younger, and he's he was running around. I guess he must have been had must have been naked at the time. His dad whooped the shit out of him, and he said his dad's hand wrapped middle finger came right up the middle, wrapped huh? around, and hit the fucking <laughs> the fucking balls. <laughs> and Luke's like, dude, he's like my fucking nuts swelled up. He's like, holy shit. He's like, because his dad's a big guy. I guess his dad. I've yeah. I've met him a long time ago. I don't recall him being that big, but I mean, I've heard that his at the time compared to Luke. Yeah, he was. well, his. But I think his dad's about six five, six six, something like that. His dad and. Fucking got me ass hands. Just wrapped his he spanked him and his fingers wrapped around, fucking hit his balls. Oh, that was fucking hurt. Uh, this is one of those scenarios where when you get it up underneath, it hits like a little bit of the taint and the asshole. And it oh, fucking feels like it give oh, I don't know if you've ever fell like on your, your butt bone. Oh yeah. And you feel like oh, you yeah. can't take a deep breath. Oh, you can't. Oh. <laughs> John, oh, I was playing soccer one time. I slid, I was, I slid tackle into someone, and fucking, they kicked as hard as they could and missed the ball right into my nuts. And I literally, I was out for about twenty, 20 ball, 25, 30 minutes. They, they hit the ball all right, <laughs> not the right one, <laughs> the, wrong the wrong one. Was, but it was yeah. so bad. I felt like I had to shit or throw up. I couldn't make a decision. I ran. I, I hope you should. I, went, I, I, I ran straight to the bathroom, and I couldn't do either. I fucking just couldn't get a deep breath, and my fucking lower abdomen just was in pain. It was horrible. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, shitty situation to be in, but uh, yep. you know nothing you can do about it. This is the uh, part of the game. Um, any other fights on here? I know we want to talk about the very first fight because he's a young fighter coming up, big time. Hunter, he's a middleweight, one eighty five. This is this is another guy I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Magomedov. Sherabuddin, yeah. how do you say it? Sherabuddin. Go ahead. He there looks go. good. He looks good. He's, he's still. Good. I told you he was yeah, good. Yeah, he still has some kinks to work out, you know? Well, you got to also figure there's a lot of nerves, yeah. no matter what. A lot of nerves yeah. in that, uh, where he's at, where he's mm -hmm. now fighting and stuff. But you can see how explosive he can oh, be. Oh, yeah. And he makes it look seamless. Like his, his, yeah. he's got to keep his hands up or he's got to do something a little bit more with his hands. He's got to move his head offline. He was very hittable with just a jab. There's some, there's some things he's got to fix. But when you, when you know, I listen to some of his interview, uh, he's very focused on what his goal is. The things that he's had to go through adversity, you know, with one eye and oh, just yeah. being, getting to the level that which he's at right now. Shit, man. Some people would just wrap their, they would just wrap it all up. As soon as they lost their eye, they just fold it up and said, look, I'm never going to be a fighter. I'm never going to be able to do this. Yeah. Not this guy. Absolutely. This guy's in here and he's looked good. His kicks are slick. The way he hides yeah. them, you know, the way he gets it up quick to the head. He's, he's really damn explosive. He did slow down in the third, you know, um, just needs a little bit more, you know, the, the, the scene, the feeling of it, the, the bright lights, all that shit gets to you. It yeah. gets to you. So Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing him and his progress, but he's another 85 pounder. You got him, you got Ikram, you've got, you know, Chemaev. They've got a lot of people you've coming got, into that you've weight got class. Sean Strickland right now at the top, who's, you know, yep. I mean, you've got fighters that are there that are coming up. I think the UFC realized, like, look, the fighters that have been there at the top right now haven't been able to be Izzy. Izzy's saying he's taking some time away. 
that's a good time for these young guys to come in and just say, look, this is our division now. We're taking over. Yep. And all yep. these guys can kind of wrestle. Just kind of nice. Kind of nice. A little bit. I enjoy it. A little bit. Uh, all right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk. And before we move on to some news and some talking points and all these other things, go to OnlyFans.com slash in. OnlyFans.com slash in. Check us out over there. It is free. It's free content. We're uh, providing some extra content on there. Also, make sure you guys are checking out that Cain Velasquez interview we did uh, earlier this week. Also, the Bobby Green interview we just did. Fantastic. Both of them doing good numbers on our main channel. But... um. Great, great uh, interviews by them. Go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In. Thank you for supporting us over there. It's free. Some extra content for you guys. For all of our hardcore fans over there, follow us over there at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In. All right, Dave, what else you got for us? Okay, oh, go ahead. Dave, yep. stop. Yep, yep. My fucking Zoom went out. Okay. You're, and you're won't fine, come John? back up. John, so let me, let me just uh, fill you in here. So that's okay. Because, you know, as this amazing MMA producer, right, the best MMA producer in the MMA podcast space, I am going to improvise right now because you guys did an amazing job of breaking down the show. And I'm going to give you one one picture from the weekend, um, and we're going to save the rest. We have a light, a light midweek show, so I'm going to save some good fights to, for you guys to break down. Cause I know All you're right. Over. You know, John's 70 years old. He's, he's out of energy Christ. now. So, Damn, now, now it's even him saying I'm 70. I'm, I'm going to whip his I'm ass. 70, 79 now. What's it going to be like One having more year an old man? 80. 79. An old man. So, so there were some good fights uh, announced. We're going to save them for midweek show since we have a light card. One, one card coming up this mm -hmm. week. I want to make sure we have a good midweek show. Um, so I'm going to give you this picture. MVP. Uh, posted a picture of him with Dana White. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're they're in the background. You can kind of tell it's the Etihad Arena. Uh, it's the Etihad Arena, yeah. absolutely. So it's clearly from the weekend. Um, he's out there for the face. Looks like he's probably going to UFC. Um, I hope he does. And what's your thoughts there? Where would you like to see him go first? I know you guys have said Wonder Boy, but is there anything else that you guys kind of? Well, like to... and that's. I, I've where does he belong? That. He belongs. Right, you know, he he belongs wherever he wants, mm -hmm. but you know, this is a guy now. He's at thirty five, yeah. almost thirty six years of age, and this is his this is his time. If he's going to go there, if there's anything that I can say about MVP, and a lot of people talk shit, look, this dude is the real deal. He's exciting. I've never seen, you know, a fight where a guy actually tried to fight him that hasn't been a good fight. Mm -hmm. I've seen guys run from him, and it wasn't very good and stuff, you know, because they just got defensive. But I've never seen a guy hurt people as badly as MVP has hurt people. You know, I've seen him break the skull. I've seen him fucking blow out a fucking kneecap. I've seen him, you know, just, I mean, he, one kick takes out a guy's patella tendon. He just, there's something about mm. his explosiveness that is just, otherworldly and i think he would have a couple of great matchups in the ufc i i don't know what they would want to do as far as you know bringing him in but i think the wonder boy thompson i think that's such a cool mm -hmm. fight i think it would be so exciting and fun to watch and then there's other guys there in the 170 pound division i think that would be great fights you know does he win? I can't say. You never can because anyone can win and lose. But, look, the guy can fight. Yeah. And he's just fun to watch. I mean, you want to know who I want to see him fight? I want to see him fight Ian Gary. 
Oh, I'd love to see that. I want to see that fight. I want to see him fight Steven Thompson. I would love Thompson. to see that. Um, yep. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Vicente Luque. I mean, I want to see him fight a stand-up guy for his first fight in. And then after yeah. that, you know, once he stakes where he's going to be at in the rankings, then I would say, okay, let's see him. I mean, look, Shavkat and, and Ian Gary are training. They, they train at the same gym. I wouldn't say they're training partners, but they train at the same gym. And yep. Shavkat is good on the feet. He's got good wrestling, but he doesn't utilize Shavkat's fight, fighting Wonderboy. Yeah, he is. Up. Yeah, but I'm saying like he doesn't utilize his wrestling a whole lot, though, Shavkat. No, he likes, he likes to, stand. to stand. Ian Gary, he's got some wrestling, but not, not a lot. He's going to stand the whole time. I'm sorry, but MVP is going to stand with you. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. going to stand with you. And out, out of the, some of the horses' mouths, man, that have fought him, they've never faced anyone that's as fast as him. Like, they, yep. he covers, had multiple he covers people. so much distance and so fast. It's impressive. So, I mean, I would just, I would hate to see him go in and just automatically have to fight someone who's just, I mean, I, I think the worst matchup for him would be like Bilal. Bilal would be the, the worst matchup for him because Bilal can stand a little bit, but Bilal can also get in on the takedowns. And Bilal's physically strong. And just that True. body style, that body style poses problems, man. That short little stocky one, the one like when it comes to yeah. having to, to hit that target, his waist and his head and neck, like you've got, it's, it's, it, Bilal's just tough, man. Bilal is, he's a dog. He's tough. You know, I think that would be a tough fight for him. I would have loved to have seen, you know, MVP and Kamaru Usman. That would have been a good fight too. I think because Kamaru's yeah. a lot more inclined to to stand more. Stand. And he will yeah. utilize his wrestling if he needs to. But uh, it's more of a defensive wrestling right now. But I look at him, I'm like, that would have been a great fight too. The speed-wise, a lot to, lot at stake, a chance to be next in line for a title shot, that type of stuff. So I look at that fight. I would have looked. I would like to have seen that. Um, you know, maybe him and Jeff Neal. I mean, I could go through on the list. I can go down the list here. You know, uh, it would make for some good fights. But yeah. uh yeah, let's look at that. What here? There's there's that But you but looking but looking at it, would you like to see him go to the UFC? I absolutely would like to see him. Absolutely no, absolutely. No, no. I mean like he he's yeah. done everything he can in Bellator. If that's where he but wants to go. Here's the thing is it's uncertain what is going on with Bellator, PFL, all this other stuff. I if I'm a fighter and I'm I'm done with my contract. You feel, you're you're yeah, testing like, the waters. Gonna... You're you're definitely going Hell out there yes. and going, hey. And I know well, after hearing from multiple sources that the UFC is very interested in him. Very interested in him. How can they not be? Uh, he's fun. They know they they know look, they know. They know how yeah. good he is. They know what kind of entertainer is and what do they want? Yeah. They want the entertainment. They want business. an entertainer. Absolutely. Hey, I want you to scroll up to this one right here. Though the one that I sent you, Dave, with the Michael Irvin thing. Scroll all the way up. It's right above the uh, Corey Anderson uh, thing that I sent you. Okay. Play that. The, this, I, I want to end this on a funny right? note. That's why. So Michael Irvin, the, the receiver for uh, the Dallas Cowboys, Hall of Famer. His son is a rapper. But I want, oh. I want, to, I want, to, I want to hear it come out of Michael Irvin's mouth because he says it really well. Okay. I'm sending over okay. right now. So just be, but it's just yeah, funny because they're on live TV. And he's talking about his son, and his son is a rapper. And he's like, the things that my son sings about. Here, let's listen. yourself a little bit. You can't be with people all the time or running around. I got a son. He, he, he raps. His, his rap name is Tut Tarantino. If you ever listen to some of his raps. I'm Why like, he is posing this nigga, bro? Where does this come from? 
from Sonic. He was rocking a gated community for the whole life. He's rapping in my life because we were meant to He's rapping. He goes. Michael Irvin goes. Yeah. He's rapping about my life. But you, you grew up in a gated community. <laughs> that is funny. so funny, man. He literally sold his son out on national television. <laughs> That's. But some. Maybe. Maybe. maybe well, hold on. Maybe he's telling his son, "Hey, yeah, son." You gotta grow up and live your life. But maybe that's be, be true. Maybe to that's it. the life he. Be yeah, maybe that's it. the life he wants to live is being a rapper. But I mean, faking the funk is a little. It's, it's just yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Be true. To oh it. man, but it was. It's great though. I just thought it was kind of. That's a father saying, "I'm I'm trying to ruin your career so you can move on to something else." <laughs> he just <laughs> sold him out. Good. <laughs> just sold him out. That was great though. I thought it was funny. I needed. Yeah. I needed to finish this whole thing on a laugh. Hey guys, go to WayneAndMerch.com. And uh, pick up some of our apparel. Look, it's been, it was actually kind of hot this last couple of days here in Dallas, Texas, but it's supposed to get a little bit cooler by the end of next week. So we have hoodies available on all different sizes and all the, and mainly all black right now. But we got our old logo, our new logos, got some new designs that are out there also. Check them all out and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. But before we go, like I said before, hit the subscribe button, hit the little bell and notifications. Also, check out the Cain Velasquez and Bobby Green interview. Cain Velasquez is his own, stands alone. Bobby's on our last show. And so it's in the middle there, I believe, or towards the end. Is it, Dave? It's, it's on the back it's part. It's on the back the part of, of that one. So check it out on there. And uh, Bobby has some great content, man. Bobby was great. Smoked a little bit too much, but he was still fun as hell. <laughs> He's a great guy, man. I love Bobby. Bobby and I shared the cage together. Fantastic human being and uh Cain Velasquez, I can't say enough about him. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this show and we brought you guys almost two hours. And uh, uh John, take us away, bud. Hey, for everyone out there, we do hope you uh, enjoyed the little arguments that Josh and I have. They're always in fun. the comments though. T go ahead and tally who won. Go ahead. Just send praises. Stop. Come on, just send praises. Stop. Who won that? Just, just you guys here. down in the comments. Josh Thompson. Here. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> to everyone out there, thanks for listening, and we will see you.